0: Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is no know the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show, more importantly, that is at HEFPOD. Email the show, that is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. Also follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash H E F Pod for all the latest English news covering the Eintracht, so com- commentaries, videos, the whole lot can be found there in the English language. That's facebook.com slash H E F pod. Don't do this show alone. And joining me today is Nathan in St. Louis. Hello, buddy. Hey Brian, it's been a spell. Yeah, it has. We've both been all busy. Uh, yeah. My work schedule has been hardly the definition of conducive to be able to uh, keep to doing the audio, keeping up with it. But hey, we're back here. Right. The Bundesliga is on the way. We're ready for our final round of the uh, Europa League qualification. Busy time for Eintracht.
1: Hell yeah man, I'm so psyched that the Bundesliga is back. I I can't deal deal with it out without it. I hate summer for for heat reasons, but without uh, proper proper football um it
0: makes it worse. <laughs> I can definitely agree with that. Uh all things considered it's been a hot one this this year and let's be honest. Uh we love we love our local size, but god when the Eintracht is not playing in the Bundesliga, uh, things just don't seem right in the world. So everything has returned to it, but Eintracht's been up to you a lot since the last time that we convened for our podcast. Eintracht got through uh, the third round of qualifying for the Europa League, uh, beating the Liechtenstein club, who plays in the Swiss divisions, uh, FC that was a good Match. Yeah, over, well, Here's a question for you. As we got through uh, 6-0 on aggregate over the two legs, capacity crowd for the home end, you know, as per usual, because our fans are amazing, was this more of a test match or was this the players taking this, you know, on for real? Because the one thing that you can say about it not being a test match is uh, the, st- the substitute uh, uh, restrictions that were still in place. Right. Well, it it was a test match in
1: a way. We're not I know that they said beforehand that they're not going to take this match lightly and they're going to go full tilt, but with a 5 nothing on aggregate going into the game. That you you can't have it any other way. Marco Roos played and got injured. Um he's not going to play typically on this squad right now unless it's unless it's one of those test matches. So I but I thought that we came out strong. This is the one game I watched of these. I I could didn't have access, and I was at work for a lot of these. But that game, it felt like a little bit of a, um, like the Liechtensteiners came came and brought it. So, um, it was a fun game to watch. But it and, was it was a test match, and <laughs> I you know now now things get, uh, there's more table stakes now that we've moved on. So.
0: Yeah, it's gotten a little bit serious, as people will all know. Uh, Interact is now paired with uh, Stras- I- R.C. Strasbourg Racing Club. Strasbourg, Racing Club, yeah. Uh, the winners of the French League Cup from last season. Right. Uh, kind of more traditional kind of French team. who ha- uh, They've had an interesting meteoric rise, and we'll see if we can kind of get someone to kind of preview them al- for us a little bit. That'd be cool. But uh, I'm kind of... of what I know about these guys. It's they have had a meteoric rise from like, I guess the French fourth tier. They just had financial difficulties that made the club collapse, uh, got their shit turned around and now are back in the big time and back right. in Europe.
1: Yeah. I, I had, I have an appreciation for their history a little bit. uh Just kind of reading up on them in the past few years. Cause uh, we have family in the area, so I've been looking at them, and they've got a pretty cool, storied, long history, and, yeah, I'm glad to see that they're back, and it'll be fun. They're It's going to be, they're going to bring a lot of their fans, and it's not a, a long trip for us either, so it's going to be fun to go back and forth.
0: Yeah, in terms of we we joked about how SC valid was you know, hey, we're not even having to leave our own language in that <laughs> and uh how close, you know, in terms of transportation it was. Hello, I mean, Emmy. Uh with Strasbourg, it's like um, I guess in terms of people who know the kind of map of Germany, like if you live in Karlsruhe or Freiburg, it's not really far away mm-hmm. from the German border or either of those towns. And, uh, as one Karlsruhe fr- uh, friend has told me at times people would cross the border to see the matches cause they just aren't, there's no football to be seen. So
1: absolutely. And interesting it's kind of a- dynamic. It's a town that's switched sides in in terms of its history between France and Germany. So um, there's it that too. Has a dual history
0: there. Indeed, indeed. So the Truck facing off against Strasbourg. We'll kinda uh we're excited for that because on just the twenty second, you know, this coming Thursday, look, matches are coming thick and fast. You know, we've had uh d- Just to kind of roll off the Europa League matches, we had like back to back Thursdays with the Estonian club Mm -hmm. Flora, and then did not hesitate for, you know, even have a Thursday off before we had the back to back with Vaduz. And again, we're not hesitating again (laughs) with the way that the (laughs) scheduling is. I mean, they come thick and fast. We'll have played six matches in the Europa League, one match in the Pokal. And three matches in the Bundesliga before our, the September international break. And this is all starting from July the 25th. So needless to say,
1: hey, if man. the guys
0: weren't in physical fitness shape yet, uh, they're getting, they really are going
1: to be there. If you want success, success begets more games. So we got to have the squad. We got to have the rotation there. And everything's looking in place for us to be competitive in all of those tournaments.
0: Indeed, indeed. And mentioned the Pokal just a second ago. Let's talk about Eintracht's... Uh, not really a derby, but it was a derby. It's kind of a weird kind of thing. But we had a top-end right. referee, at least, officiating our game. Yeah. And in Felix Reich. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt 5, Mannheim 3. Uh, that double salvo in the first 10, 11 minutes of the match, I very much was... Uh, just able to find a stream kind of late. So I missed the first goal and then the second goal went in. and I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone, everyone uh, was with you on that
1: one. This is a game that I picked up in the second half. So, uh, but that, that dude, uh Sulomani. Yeah. He is, he looks like a firecracker. I mean, he looks like we'll see a little more of him perhaps in the future.
0: Exactly. Uh, this is a Kosovo uh international player playing from Mannheim who just got promoted from the Regional Liga to the Drita Liga. But it really showed uh I'll say this much cuz you know the third division had played I think either th- I think it was just three league matches at that point. And so I mean whilst we have had our pokal uh, not, before the pokal match we had had uh, three uh Europa League matches um played def- league matches in Europa League I would definitely say you know can be played at an entirely different sort of pace considering uh mm-hmm. the kind of teams that you're faced up against so Eintracht uh working at a little bit different sort of pace this weekend when they placed Ho- Hoffenheim as opposed to Flora and Valdez so you know these guys having three league matches under their belt they really were ready to go and hit us in the yep. mouth and they did and their fans willed them on a pretty phenomenal support what an atmosphere uh, for this match yeah they brought it and yeah i mean it felt
1: like i it felt like a little bit of a derby and i for my, for my sake i'd root for teams like this especially in that region so that we can have more of that in the future, it was, it was fun. They packed that place and I'm sure a lot of those fans wore both colors, you know? So
0: indeed, indeed. I'm pretty, it won't be surprising that a lot of Mannheim fans, you know, have the soft spot for Eintracht and always have been Eintracht fans. Though when it does come to their local team, the, the the local feelings will come out. So As I would say be. the kind of two big substitutions that kind of, really allowed Eintracht to kind of change things over were, you know, uh, once Paciencia was brought in, you had a little bit stronger body who was then able to play up top uh, with Kamada. Now, Rabich had had been kind of quiet up until then, and then Gassinovich, you know, that extra attacking spark and the connection there, uh, that, seemed, that then just tipped the scales entirely, and mm-hmm. then, boom, uh, Ante Ravič. Scores not one, not two, but three goals to equalize at three three, and then take a commanding two goal lead, which right. sent the away fans, Eintracht fans, into delirium.
1: <laughs> well, it, I think it's this this match, and I didn't like I said I didn't watch the first half, but just the score line and everything. And correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone is out there, but it almost seems like the tale of two two Eintracks, one that is worrisome and one that is more steady state and uh, relied upon. And the first one is worrisome, but from just from the perspective that it's still future forward. And there's a lot of promise with those folks as Jovelich and Kamada. Um, if if jo, Jovelich can follow in Kamada's footsteps and follow that progression that he has had, then our future looks really bright. So it i'm glad they got those minutes in a match that did matter and ultimately started to have have some real pressure involved with it despite them probably not uh you know get putting much up on the on the board in terms of assists or goals so um it's a good learning experience
0: exactly and you know when it did come to the second leg uh just days later uh eh against Varuz, you know, you had the lineup, I'll kind of roll off the lineup, it very much showed kind of a major rotation. You had Tora, right. you had Indica, you had Rus, as you mentioned, Dom, you had De Guzman, who scored the, the match-winning goal. Yeah. Toro, Gasinovic, Roda, Chandler, Jivelovic. Uh You know, to me, that very much was, hey, guess what? We're, unlike last year, whereas we had a lot of matches, we did well, but the thing was, there wasn't as much rotation i think that eintracht is very much looking at each and every single step as okay what could we have done better last season that didn't have us kind of flame out in the way that we kind of did kind of ending the season just on a sputter as opposed to uh, how we were performing you know uh, in the kind of middle stage of the right. hit runda, and then the rook runda, where we were just tearing it up. So I think uh, lessons will have been learned. Kind of like how Adi, Adi Hutter, uh, could, with the young boys before they finally won the title, you know, it took him a while to kind of figure out how to best implement his tactical plan to be able to allow the team to not only participate in Europe as the young boys had. Participated in the Europa League and balanced the Swiss Super League while still chasing the big fish, uh, well, the biggest fish, uh, FC Basel. And they eventually did uh, catch him to the title. And his successor has been able to carry on those exact same kind of mindset in winning last year's uh, Swiss Super League. So just kind of things to keep in. And I think that uh, our prolonged uh, venture in the Pokal... And in the Europa League will only allow us to rotate the squad, get everyone kind of uh, keep that match sharpness, match fitness. And, uh, you know, when injuries do occur, guess what? We won't be freaking out and thinking, oh, my God, what are we going to do next?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: those injuries happen. And
1: we'll talk about that a little more when we talk about uh, the match up, uh from Sunday
0: yeah but let's talk about before we get to the sunday kind of matchup against hoffenheim let's talk about some things that have kind of come our way so there's a transfer pending there's one transfer that has gone in as people will have known kevin trapp has finally made his move from paris to eintracht complete uh Right. Boy, we really beat down those guys long enough that they finally <laughs> caved and said, "Okay, we'll take this nominal fee and right. we'll just be okay." Yeah, they uh, have me, uh they
1: have bigger fish to fry and figure out over there. So, I'm sure trap was just just a pesky little issue for
0: them. <laughs> yeah, to With Neymar. Yeah, they've they've got look. They weren't really all too focused on like uh i mean that Namor thing has kind of made them very distracted and so i think that yeah. almost was a blessing in disguise that we were able to get KT at that price that we did and right. uh hey all to our uh benefit i would have to say yeah it,
1: it it we've definitely achieved now a different level uh for our roster and for our future path forward we have we have all the. We went through this stage of loans and buying these these young folks who really, either were diamonds in the rough, had issues or whatever, and now we're starting to buy more stable, long term investments like Trap Hinterreger, um, all these folks who've come on to really give us a long um, runway to to really just make us more stable going forward. It's it's pretty cool to see us maturate like this.
0: I would totally agree. And we have been linked with other players, and we'll kind of get to the big ones that have been most recent, though it does look like we are going to be bringing in one final attacker before the summer transfer window closes in, what, uh, 12 days' time as we record this on Monday, the 19th? Yeah. Um, I still lost, uh most recently in the Bundesliga with. Uh, Wolfsburg really was known for his uh him be leading the line when Wolfsburg finished in second and won the Pokal in the fourteen mm-hmm. fifteen season. Uh, granted, he also had a De Bruyne who is really kind of able to pull strings <laughs> alongside <laughs> him, but uh, has been scoring goals for fun in Portugal with Sporting, uh, which is located in Lisbon. Uh, some people will kind of recognize that name as we've had a few transfer dealings with those <laughs> Portugueseers in recent times, but looks like Bastos is going to be uh, joining the Eintracht. Uh, we'll find out exactly on the the price of the fee in just a little bit of time. But right. for me, uh doesn't have a lot of legs. Big man, 6'5". That's a sizable... Uh, target to shoot at uh to aim for to possibly put a header into right. goal i mean can't ask for i mean he's not a like like for like replacement for alera cuz alera had more legs than him but you need to have another option coming off the bench or starting in the lineup that you can uh switch to a very direct style of which he would allow us to considerably benefit from just yeah. You know, being a little old school, lump a ball, and hey, the big man is just there, and he's just bigger than everyone else, muscles out everyone, and whack, heads the ball in. I seem to recall a foosball god who was rather uh, prolific <laughs> at being able to use his big old body to put goals in the back of the net. So right. I think that this could be a very useful uh, uh transfer for the Eintracht if... Nothing else uh, in terms of giving us options because if people are thinking, oh, Passi, yeah, he's you know really tall. Uh, he's only six and a half inches, folks. Yeah, he's. Uh,
1: but he's our long ball. I mean, he's our corner set piece. Uh, you know, target outside of, of what Hinterrigger was um, this past game and <laughs> a few games here and there. He's been the target, but it's been something that we've lacked in the past, and I'm kind of mixed on signing a 30 year old uh, dude who might being at sporting Lisbon uh, and having the prolific goal scoring that he has had there might shroud what issues he may have as a player reaching, you know, maybe at his peak or starting to hit his downfall as a player. But um, with all that said, I think I can see and understand and am optimistic about what role he can play on this team. Like you said, that type of Alex Meyer type player who can offset pieces, perhaps tilt the scales. I don't expect him to score that much, nor should anyone else like he had in Sporting Lisbon. If he does, all the better. But I think what we're trying to get out of him is some set piece goals, and perhaps he did have some playmaking ability and skill. I wouldn't put it all on De Bruyne, um, all that, uh, that Wolfsburg achieved that those years. Um, so he will add something, but yeah, you're right. Like I expect him to play 60 minutes, uh, maybe 90 sometimes, but then someone else come on or perhaps vice versa, him come on at 60 minutes and change, put, you know, tilt the scales a different way. Um, kind of like Meyer did in his past, his his last few years at Frankfurt.
0: Exactly, because let's be honest, uh, the greatest example of what Alex Meyer was able to do was, if you remember that match against Cologne, his first match back after his major injury, he and he pumped a friggin' hat trick behind those guys, and or even remember back to his final match at the Valde Stadion, where West, you know. Going oh, man, down the right was... side, I think that was Abraham going down the right side, and then you just see so this great. big lumbering Hulk, uh, uh, slowly moving towards the net, waving his hand, waving his hand, finally getting the ball to cross, and then thwack, yeah, right in there. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't uh, write it better. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean. It was a magical moment to me, still one of the more enjoyable moments that you could ever have asked for, mostly because, hey, we all knew that he was not going to be renewing, but oh boy, we're starting to really wax political uh <laughs> poetically here on this one, but Foosball got <laughs> exactly Foosball got indeed, though, like I said, this will give this will give us options, and even at thirty uh he has been like putting the goals in yeah and You know, us having a different sort of option. Look, you always need to have a plan B. And if I can go, this is a very different sort of example. But if you want to go back to Pep Guardiola is considered one of the better coaches that are out there. When he was at Barcelona, he uh, sent uh, uh, Samuel Eto'o away to Milan and picked up... uh, uh, Jesus... Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There we go. And that was seen as a authentic secondary option that, hey, you know what? This tiki taka pass, 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 pass thing is not working. Do we have a big guy that we can just lump something up to? Yes, we now do. And yeah. to me, this is the perfect opportunity to um, just have that other backup option. <laughs> yeah.
1: Even if the backup option is on the pitch along with our our option A, you know. Is just throwing and throwing that balance off of the, the defense to make them think about both things at the same time, which exactly. I think personally is how this is all going to work out, is you're going to have Rabich up front and you're going to have like an Alair type, Bastos, be, behind him just disturbing it. Now, it's not going to be the exact type of one-for-one talent-to-talent talent with Alair and Bastos, but it gives you slightly different make up so that you throw the defense off. What are they gonna do next? Where are they gonna go? Are they gonna go wide with Kostic or the De Costa? Uh, or are they gonna go straight down the middle? Or is you know Gacinovich or Tor- Toro going to drive it up the center? Or is they just gonna throw the long ball above us and go Rabich style. So we have a lot of options and um it's uh it's I'm I'm hoping it maturates
0: and, and turns out. Same here, same here. So that's gonna kind of wrap up uh segment one of Hey I Frankfurt. Uh oh wait. It's our favorite part of uh the show. It's hashtag what are we drinking. Nathan, you the homebrewer, what hmm. have you been uh what have you been drinking? What have you been cooking up in the that laboratory of yours? In the lab. Um,
1: <laughs> I have planned to brew some Merzen for the past two weeks and haven't gotten around to it. So I'm I, I've already brewed some for Oktoberfest, but this was more for the Thanksgiving Christmas time frame. So I'm still, I think, okay to but I still have to brew my merits and I haven't yet. So we're brewing this. I'm at work right now. Can't really drink at work. Uh, and so I'm drinking something else. I brewed some cold brew, which is why I'm so talkative. <laughs>
0: what, what do you got? Alright, so I was at the KC Beer Company, and they have recently come out with their Oktoberfest, their Marzen, the Fest Beer, as they call it. <sighs> uh, got to watch the, the Eintracht with a fellow Eintracht fan uh, at KC Beer Company, the home yeah. of the birds in Kansas City. And, uh, yeah, the Fest Beer is probably their best yet, considering the fact that the first year, to, to be totally frank, I thought it was an absolute dud. <laughs> But uh, this embod- embodies to me everything that a model should be. And I'm already dreaming of the cool, crisp air of the fall, the leaves crackling underneath my feet. Uh, fall is coming, along with more Bundesliga action. Speaking Hell of yeah. the Bundesliga action, this is going to wrap up segment one of Hey, I Truck Favorite. We'll be back in just a jiffy with segment two, where we talk about Hoffenheim and our pending matches with Strasbourg. Stay with back segment two of hey eintracht frankfurt brian and nathan here talking everything there is to know about eintracht frankfurt in english you know the bundesliga has now gotten underway we've been so busy with europa league and polkao and now we're like holy crap we got a big fish to fry (laughs) uh but first things first the bundesliga the bread and Mm -hmm. butter eintracht frankfurt won Hoffenheim nil. Null. Hoffenheim's first match, uh, uh well, technically, uh, first Bundesliga match under their new uh, manager Alfred Schroeder, uh, who was the assistant at Ajax during their right. kind of revolution that they did last year. If anyone paid attention to them at the Champions League, it was quite an interesting team. Eintracht, though, it took just one minute. <laughs> That's all seconds. we needed. Per- that and that was a little bit of a tease, to be honest, Nathan. I felt a little, I felt a little let down for the next eighty nine minutes because that <laughs> first minute was so optimistic.
1: Right. Uh, I, I, it was. It was an exciting game the re- the the rest of the eighty nine minutes, but there and there were two contentious goals scored. But um, I thought we played uh pretty darn well there were some pros and some cons of course i don't i don't think everyone played their best match um but man alive there's some really big bright spots in that lineup
0: 100% agree with you on that uh certain goal scorer we mentioned the henty army is back and uh yeah that <laughs> cross i don't know what they were doing on the corner kick marking uh the the short corner totally caught them off guard. We took advantage right. of that, whipped that bad boy in, and thwack! Yeah, they. I tracked up. And uh, yeah, Philip Kostic with the assist, technically, the guy who crossed it in him because uh, he was over there with Kamada. Uh, but those three players are the players that I would like to highlight as my players yeah. of the match. And I take Kamada, Philip Kostic, and Hinterrager himself, the goal scorer. Because. All three guys were all over the place and making a whole bunch of uh issues for the Hoffanine defense. Yeah. Three points up for grabs. <coughs> I mean this is a this is
1: as real as it gets for um Kamada coming up to one of the major leagues in Europe, you know. So this is a big a big coming out for him. I mean he's he's mm. he's really matured and he looks like he can be dangerous up there. So and and make a lot. He of looks plays like he's happen. bulked
0: up too, right? Because remember when we first signed him, we looked at him and we we're like, "You are hole. scrawny as hell." And it looks <laughs> for his slender frame, it looks like he has kind of filled out a lot. Yeah, he's still kind of
1: green around the edges still, and he makes some mistakes. But I, he just, keep, I, if he keeps on this pace, like I don't know where he'll be at the end of the season. You know what I mean? He could, he could really take off and and be a huge presence. Um it kind of reminds me a little bit one to well, not exactly one to one but a jovic type situation when he came on and um was around here and there but I I imagine Kamada at this point will get more starts than Jovic did. Um uh it'll be interesting to see the the dichotomy or the difference in play who who gets more playing time between um Like, say, a Paciencia and Kamada in the Bundesliga week in and week out. Um, Because I think that there's a a legitimate conversation to be had there. We'll see. He's got to produce. So that's first and foremost. Um, But, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Let's talk about Costage, I would say.
0: (laughs) Good God. (laughs) He had a match. That boy was running and running and running. And all I could think was... Dear God, come on, let's do a little finishing training because okay. he had a few chances of you were just like oh son of a, he just
1: I I his his uh, wing play, uh I don't know how, like uh, there should be like a yakety sax type like soundtrack around him <laughs> getting around defenders because it just doesn't make any sense like you watch it and you're just like how did he get around them he had no. Yeah no agency to get around it, and somehow he did. And he's also full-tilt sprinting, so goodbye defense. Uh, Man, he is remarkable.
0: You know that nominal fee that we paid to Haas Fowl? Yeah, (laughs) worth every penny just in that (laughs) match alone. I mean... Coming along are all the mistakes that they continually make. Exactly, and you kind of mentioned... Uh, I mean, we mentioned the three guys there. I think uh, some other kudos should be kind of put out too. I think that Dominic Cole had, uh, you yeah. know, a pretty a pretty solid match as uh, he was in there in place of Rode, who came on for him in the 65th minutes. I'd like to think that uh, perhaps being saving the legs for uh, the Strasbourg match, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Kamada and Paciencia switching one for one in the 71st. I thought that very much was, you know, keeping an eye on uh, the Europa League. I do think that uh, Gasinovic being subbed off for Toro. I think that that was more, um, got to go through the final substitution. I think that was more for me an example of that. We're probably going to see Toro in the starting lineup when it does come to the Strasbourg match, kind of to try and get the full rotation. Because in case anyone had forgotten, yeah, we'll be back to the Bundesliga come Sunday. So it's going to be a Thursday, Sunday tilt, Strasbourg, and then, ugh, Leipzig. So, you know, (laughs) got to kind of... Got to ration out everything because right. a way to Leipzig will be difficult, but more importantly, a way to Strasbourg is the more important, th- is the bigger thing. But I'd kind of like to talk about Kevin Trapp's uh, command of the box. Um, there are a few times that I thought that his reactions were slow. I think he really has not, you know, he is not fully match fit ready and uh the sheer fact that he he just look he's just got better way better skills than Viedwald despite the fact that Viedwald I would say is more match ready uh, yeah. having gone through what uh three or four Europa League matches already and right. this is Kevin Trapp's, uh i guess he was in the Pokal and the Europa League but let's be honest in the Europa League you kind of are just sitting on your ass and we let three in in the pocal uh I don't think I just think he's still rusty right now. I just don't think he is full. He just didn't come off to me as not that he wasn't there mentally, but he just, Hey, there's a difference between, you know, you're starting to, you know, you get transferred very late and you didn't get a full preseason with your teammates and are Mm -hmm. kind of the match sharpness isn't there. It'll come in time, but, uh, definitely that, to me, that was the only concern that I had uh, when it came to the Eintracht. Well, the Eintracht in the defense. Your thoughts?
1: Right. Um, yeah, I didn't really so much notice him that much. Although I would, I tend to agree. I I have that general feeling about him. Um, every almost every match, but I I think he's always a little a step behind and. I probably would get shit by, from a lot of people for that, but I don't think he's I think he's lost a step since his since his premier days as a as a keeper. when um, he really really leans on um, an excellent three in front of him and and even the wingbacks, of course. but I don't I personally didn't see a lot of effective play from Hasebe or Abraham that game um Hinteregger was nearly our entire defense and with those two out of sync with their keeper it's going to make the keeper look suspect too so mm-hmm. um yeah it it's probably along the lines of what you're saying that the 3 or 4 of them didn't really have a lot of time to connect and really gel yet again even despite playing a lot together in the past year so i i think we'll get stronger hopefully and trap will communicate and get those, those sight lines better and have that step back.
0: We can only hope. Uh, Let's kind of wrap up that for uh, the Eintracht versus Hoffenheim kind of debate as we look towards Strasbourg, which is coming up in just days time as Eintracht takes on their Europa league competition. Um, For me, it's got, it, it, we've had a stronger start to our uh we've had a little bit of a stronger start to our season than uh our mm. uh opposition uh from France. Uh hmm. they've they've actually got the Ligue 1 as it is known uh got started a little bit uh earlier than uh the Eintracht's Bundesliga. And the fact that uh, they've had their uh, pair of matches in the in league on, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, that was uh, first against Mets, uh, local derby for those guys. In case anyone kind of was curious on that, one uh, one there, and then a nil nil draw with Rims. Uh And in the meantime, when it came to the Europa League, they've had a little bit of a more different sort of layout than the Eintracht. Right um uh, playing in Israel whereas they actually went through three to four on aggregate but lost a away leg and had one and two successive 1-0 wins uh against their Bulgarian opposition so mm-hmm. they haven't really kind of kicked on the way that the Ajax have uh so far in their season and uh that being said Nathan um should the eintracht be coming at let's get some predictions on this uh to wrap up this episode of hey eintracht frankfurt um how should eintracht be attacking Strasbourg? should we be going in with a cautious approach or should we come in with the mighty hammer of thor and beat them upside the head (laughs)
1: um well i think it's going to be a little bit of both uh, you're gonna see a lineup that is a starting lineup for any Bundesliga match typically, but um, we might see some depending on the uh, the score line some some substitutions earlier um, I, I think we're gonna hit them running. I think that's the only way we can hit like a team like this and stay confident that we can compete against Leipzig on Sunday. Uh, we have to hit them hard early. So they're going to expect that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who starts. Obviously, for the most part, it's rigidified. You're going to probably see Ravich up there, um, Costa and DaCostic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that midfield's going to probably be the, the part in question there. So you might see a, a, a like, um, Rodas... Sit out for this match, I would say. Um, but yeah, all the defense. Maybe you see one like a Torah because he's, uh, you know, maybe Njika, too because they're both they've had that French connection. So uh, you get some minutes in in lieu of Abraham and Hussebi if they, or even Hinteregger, because he had that calf strain. Who knows if he's got to sit a game or two out now to to deal with that um, tightness in his thigh or in his calf. So
0: what do you think? Uh, for me, uh, I think that they are going to want to save, you know, even if it is just Santa Minor, uh, save Hinterreger for at least the uh, second leg. Uh, save him for Leipzig Good if they're ready. he's ready for that. If not, the second leg of the Europa League. Uh, I would actually throw out Indike and Torre with Hasebe. Um uh, kind of as our defensive three, maybe maybe even Fillette uh in there. Oh wait, he's kind of been out for a second. Um but Torrey and Indica definitely as the guys that I would want to kinda of have in there because then, you know, they can sniff out, I mean, uh outside of those guys, we I mean there's not really all too many guys who are who are fluently French speaking that are gonna be in the outfield and able to kind of suss out you know what's being done. I would have, I would trust more of that sort of a uh, defensive uh, showing out there, especially have Fernandez in there in the midfield, so that you know he'd be able to help out there. In, uh, right. In terms of testing out, what those guys are discussing, um, kind of like in the way that uh, sometimes when you watch a couple of Libertadores match and it's a Brazilian club, guess what? They have an Argentine on the field because or um Uruguayan, or a Chilean, or a Colombian, because guess what? They all speak Portuguese. Everyone yeah. else speaks Spanish. They need to have someone to kind of be that link between whether it be talking to the referee or just finding out what the heck the other guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> hey, you you use all the tricks that you got. Use oh, all yeah. the tricks that you got. Um, For me, I do think that Ravich will be leading the line. I do think that uh, Jovlich and Paciencia will kind of be switching back and forth. Kamada, I think, is going to be uh, pulling in another start on this one. Hmm. Shot. It really sucks that uh, Gibraltar is still. I mean, he's back in training now, and he's still injured. Yeah. Nice if he was available for us, but I think that Toro is definitely going to kind of. Yeah, Allow us so to kind of rotate the squad as needed. Uh, De Guzman will also, I think, uh, have a role to play as we're kind of rotating the squad. We still, I mean, as per just the way that things roll out, you know, uh, on paper, Eintracht does have a better team than Strasbourg, but you can't, you know, Strasbourg plays in a pretty tight, uh, compact, you know, nearly 30,000 seater and their fans mm-hmm. are pretty intense, so uh they'll be ready to really bring it, and so long as Eintracht doesn't uh, come away with a defeat, I think all to the good, and all to the Eintracht, so... The last time I'm we gonna... played them was in 2010 in a friendly. <laughs> 2010 in a friendly. Yeah. Been a second. <laughs> I think that the... Let's see, they would have been in like the second division? I don't think that they were in the first division at the time, but... Ah, it's been a long time since that, and now yep. we're gonna have a full stadium for this Europa League tilt. Nathan, what's your prediction? Um, right, uh, <laughs> I'd say
1: I'd probably they they're not a they don't score that many goals. I, I they, but they've been road hard and weary, as you pointed out. So I would say they're probably gonna be like a three to one, three nothing type for Eintracht Frankfurt.
0: Wow, not holding back at all. Nah,
1: why Why would you? <laughs> it makes it makes um, your second leg a lot easier if you don't have to yeah, no kidding. worry about
0: it. I will say that I am playing more of the... I think that this is going to be more of a caution, uh, cautionary tale for the Eintracht in that we concede early, but we respond in kind, and it stays at the 1-1 kind of scoreline. It kind of will resemble a little bit of how... Uh, The semifinals for us kind of went about, you know, uh, I think that they will they will be so stinking up for it. But then, you know, uh, the team just kind of was like, okay, you know, shake that off. No big deal. Goes about the business and gets a one one draw. I think that this is just for the first time we're in the our Europa League adventure. We're having something that is really tricky and uh, to me, I think that's actually a really good thing, especially with the way that uh, our season is starting with two matches with Strasbourg. And before the end of the, int- before the start of the September international break, which is not too long for now, with two extra Bundesliga games at uh, home to Dusseldorf and away to Leipzig, we're going to be in a better spot to, we're already in a better spot than we were last season, folks. Just saying. Mm-hmm. When we weren't panicking, but we were just like, ah crap (laughs) (laughs) yep alrighty that's our predictions for our Europa League first leg at way to Strasbourg ways you can get contact with the show you can reach out to us on facebook.com slash H E F pod tweet us or follow us on Twitter more importantly Uh, that is at H E F pod on Twitter Uh, Nathan where can we find you in the social media world you can find me on Twitter at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. And you can find myself at K-C-S-G-E. It's going to turn off the lights on this one. Thanks for listening uh, to the episode 101 of the Hey, Untracked am Frankfurt yeah. podcast. We're looking forward to recapping uh, our success in France in the next episode and probably take a look at the Bundesliga itself. Uh, but until then, choose, choose